It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Podcast on the Brink, your weekly dose of Indiana University basketball news and discussion. I'm your host, Jared Morris. Podcast on the Brink is a joint production of the Assembly Call and Inside the Hall. For complete coverage of IU basketball, visit assemblycall.com and insidethehall.com. Hey, have you heard? It's time to break through with Indiana football. The 2017 season is underway, and we want to invite you to come check out head coach Tom Allen and your Indiana Hoosiers at home this season at beautiful Memorial Stadium. Tickets are available at iuhoosiers.com, and youth tickets are only $10. Go Hoosiers! Breakthrough. On this week's edition of Podcast on the Brink, we continue our tour around the Big Ten. We are going to be talking about the Purdue Boilermakers with Brian Newbert of GoldenBlack.com. As much as we don't want to admit it or remember, the Boilermakers are the defending Big Ten champions. But what is the outlook for Purdue this year? Obviously, Caleb Swanigan is gone, but still plenty of playmakers left, like Vince Edwards and Carson Edwards and Isaac Haas. We talk about the outlook for the Boilermakers, as well as the trip they took this summer, what newcomers look interesting, and much more as we preview the 2017-18 Purdue Boilermakers. All of that and more on this week's edition of Podcast on the Brink. Hey, real quick, a word about this week's sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events because with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. 
SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There really is nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way that I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and like I just mentioned, with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to anything that I want to go to. I actually used SeatGeek to buy tickets earlier this year to see Yogi play here in Dallas. I bought my wife concert tickets for the summer. So SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Now, here's how to get an even better deal, which is Podcast on the Brink listeners get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BRINK, B-R-I-N-K today, and you'll get $20 back from SeatGeek. That's promo code BRINK, B-R-I-N-K. And now, on with this week's episode of Podcast on the Brink. All right, we are joined on this episode of Podcast on the Brink by Brian Newbert, who covers Purdue basketball for goldenblack.com. Brian, welcome to Podcast on the Brink. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, guys. appreciate it. So, you know, this opinion isn't really probably going to make me very popular among our audience, obviously. But, uh, you know, as I've kind of looked at the preseason and, and, you know, who's coming back in the Big Ten, you know, even though Purdue obviously suffered a big loss, losing a guy like Caleb Swanigan, one of the more dominant players in school history, uh, you know, I I still think the cupboard is is pretty full in West Lafayette. And I think Purdue's going to have a chance to be pretty good this year. Um, But obviously, the big question facing the Boilermakers is how do you replace Caleb Swanigan and, and and so I guess that that's a good place to lead off is is what will Purdue look like this year and, and how will the Boilermakers look different without uh Biggie in the lineup well you don't replace a player like him with any one person um the good news for Purdue is they have a, a really good senior class coming back uh a senior class that would have made Purdue a good team the last two years even without Caleb Swanigan if you ask me uh, a group that came in in 2014 and was basically exactly what Purdue needed, exactly when it needed it. Because from a uh, from a basketball perspective, all those guys were good players right away. From a cultural standpoint, all those guys were good presences right away. When Purdue had, had hit a pretty hard time there for two years, they were last place in the Big Ten before that 2014 class came in, and they were a big part of transforming Purdue back into what Purdue expects to be every year. Now this is their team. It's been their team in a lot of ways the last two years, but Swanigan, you know, was so influential and so involved in everything and so impactful in every way on and off the floor that, you know, maybe it hasn't been their team as much as it would have otherwise been. Now it's their team. And uh, you look at a guy like Vincent Edwards has a chance to be, a high all big 10 guy. He always has been, he's just had to kind of lurk in the shadows of Caleb Swanigan. And that was a a pretty, uh, a pretty long shadow. He cast, uh, Dakota Mathias was one of the best two way players in the league last year. In a lot of ways, he becomes more prominent now. Uh, obviously Isaac Haas has been there, has been very productive. Now he's got to do it without an AJ Hammonds, without a Caleb Swanigan there along with him. But all these guys are really, really capable and Purdue's got uh, a sophomore guard, Carson Edwards, who stands to make a pretty significant jump from year one to year two. They're going to have to transform a little bit from a basketball standpoint. They're going to have to they're going to have to compensate for losing the best rebounder in college basketball. That's going to be a big question for them right away. They're going to have to change defensively again, but 
they return a lot of offensive skill and a lot of experience. This will be a a good gauge from Purdue in terms of how much experience really matters anymore in college basketball because they have a ton of it. You know, you just named a lot of names. Isaac Haas, Carson Edwards, Vincent Edwards, Dakota Mathias, guys that when Alex over at Inside the Hall, you know, when they did their top 25 players in the Big Ten, those were all names that came up, you know, and, and so it's clear that, yeah. that Purdue still has a lot of players. You know, one thing that we saw with Indiana last year, you know, after losing Yogi Ferrell, you know, you kind of lose that leader, a guy who's so important. You know, if you don't have maybe that next guy who's ready to step up and assume, you know, kind of that leadership role you know, it, it can really hurt you. Now, obviously, Caleb left as a sophomore. He didn't leave as a senior. And, and, and all of those names, you know, you've got some seniors in there. You, you've got some guys who have experience. Do you think that this is going to be kind of a leadership by committee type thing? Or do you think that there's one guy in particular there that steps up and kind of becomes the, the star, the go-to guy for this team? Well, I think that goes back to the 2014 class from a leadership perspective, because Vincent Edwards... Dakota Mathias, P.J. Thompson are all excellent leaders. They've all been around the program a long time, played a lot of basketball, have the personalities that are perfectly suited for leadership. From a basketball standpoint, I think it has to be Vincent Edwards. Uh, I think he's more than capable. I think he's a guy you can use in a lot of ways. Uh, He can score in a lot of different ways. You can run offense through him. He's got to get better defensively, but he's a pretty good rebounder for being a, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight, four man, basically. Um, I think he's a guy who is really, really going to see his usage go through the roof, and I think it's going to make him a really productive player. You saw it in situations last year. You saw it in the NCAA tournament. You saw it in Bloomington. You saw it at Northwestern. You saw it at Minnesota the year before. Real potential for him to really be a breakout player for Purdue this year, that guy who could push to be a you know, 16, 17, 18-point-a-game guy and a Eight nine, eight nine rebound type on pretty efficient shooting. He led Purdue in assists his first two years on campus, which is, is not doesn't happen often from a essentially a you know what we call a power forward, but it's not a power forward anymore in college basketball. But he's so versatile and he can do so many different things. And Purdue's going to use him in so many different ways this year. I think that I think he's probably that guy who stands poised to do that, and Purdue needs him to do that. Sometimes he's kind of blended in more than a player as good as he is should. That can't happen this year or else, uh, you know, he's not going to have the sort of season he he's capable of having. And Purdue's probably not going to have the sort of season it's capable of having. Brian, with Isaac Haas, you mentioned earlier, uh, I think you made a, a great point. You know, he, you know, his first couple of years, you know, he had A.J. Hammonds, obviously, to to play behind. And then last year, you know, Purdue went smaller and, you know, obviously started Swanigan and it kind of rotated him and him and Haas in and out together. Uh, how does, how does Haas's role this year change? And do, you know, do you, do you have a sense as to whether he's going to be able to handle be, you know, playing more minutes? Is it something, uh, you know, I think his minutes has probably hovered no more than 20 a game going. Is it, is it a, is there a chance he's going to play more than that? Or is he kind of hit his ceiling as far as how much he's going to play and, and how will Purdue back him up? Well, he will play as much as he can play effectively. Um, I think for one thing, this is the year that the foul trouble issue really comes into play. You know, he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of calls that go his way because he gets fouled all the time, but he also gets more than his share of calls that are called on him because he's seven foot two, 300 pounds and, you know, Hulk smash kind of thing. You just kind of assume that 
that he killed somebody when it was, it probably would have been called on somebody, uh, you know, smaller than him. So that has to be an issue, but he has to, a, he has to play strong and B, he has to play strong mentally. And I think that's the biggest key to his success this year because before sometimes he would get focused on the fact that he was drawing so much attention from people that people were fouling him on every play. He might get a call that didn't go his way. It might get in his head a little bit. He, he has to be mature. He has to be mentally tough. He's got to be physically tough and he has to have Purdue. He has to have the most productive in every area season of his career for Purdue. He's got to get better defensively. You know, that has been an open wound for Purdue uh, in a lot of ways over the years that they've had to work around when he's out there. Uh, opponents do everything they can to put him in ball screen defense to get him away from the rim to kind of open things up a little bit. Uh, he's not a great shot blocker, but just when he's standing in front of the rim, that's a rim protector. So he's going to be subject to the matchup game probably more than he ever has been. Uh, that's something Purdue's going to have to scheme around. Uh, he's going to have to be a better decision maker. You know, Purdue is one of the best three-point shooting teams uh, in college basketball, I think last year, but so much yeah. of that had to do with Caleb, with Swanigan's, you know, just uncanny passing out of the post and the attention he drew. Purdue can't replace that, just like they can't replace so much of what Swanigan did for them. But when Haas gets the ball, he has to be a, be- a better decision maker. He's got to be stronger with the ball. That's something, too, I don't know if a lot of people have focused on with him in terms of what they need in terms of improvement, but it's kind of, it's kind of sink or swim time for him because they don't have AJ Hammond to throw in there. As soon as something goes wrong for Haas, they don't have Caleb Swanigan to throw in there as soon as he can't guard a guy, um, 15 feet from the basket, that kind of thing. What Purdue does have now, and they don't have an AJ Hammonds or a Caleb Swanigan, not by a long shot, but they do have a different look. At least, uh, their backup five this year is going to be Jaquiel Taylor, who, uh, fans have barely seen because he's, he's been hurt three of the last five years. Um, but he is a much more athletic, much more mobile sort of center than Purdue's had before. So that's somebody who might be able to help them play a little more up tempo, which they want to do offensively, you know, considering their offensive skill, uh, and, and whatnot. But he also, he's probably better suited to block shots. He's better suited to move his feet, ball screen defense, stuff like that. So Purdue's going to be very different when Isaac Haas is off the floor, but when he's on the floor, Purdue needs him to be the best Isaac Haas he can possibly be. Purdue had the the opportunity, obviously, to go uh, over to Taipei, I think it was, and have a chance to, to play in the World University Games. What, what, do, you, what, what do you think the biggest thing uh, you learned about them from that for, you know, maybe just from seeing the box scores, seeing how they how they played over there. What, what's the biggest thing you, you learned about this team, and how beneficial is it going to be uh, for them to have all those games under their belt uh, by the time practice starts? Yeah, second part first. They should be way ahead uh, come October than they would have been otherwise because they've had all this time together. They played in all these games, and they didn't just play in these games. This wasn't like going to Spain and playing five exhibition games that don't matter, that you don't even remember who won a few days later against teams that just got thrown together right there. These were games that mattered, you know, these were games where it really meant something to the opponent. So you were getting good efforts from the people you were playing against. You were playing against all-star teams, all-star teams that don't have freshmen. So while Purdue has a couple of 18 year olds at the end of its bench that aren't playing, everybody on Purdue is playing against 22, 23 year olds who really want to win for their country. So 
it wasn't just the number of games. It was the quality of the games and the quality of the experiences that really matter. You would think that day one of practice come this year is going to be like day 30 of practice in a normal year, something like that. Purdue got to practice an unlimited amount uh, during the summer uh, because of this. That's something the NCAA allows, which is, is profoundly valuable. Obviously, Purdue didn't, didn't, um, didn't practice every single day. You want to have your legs come March. Uh, clearly, but uh, that is a really valuable experience for the whole team, but especially for the newcomers and whatnot. Uh, in terms of watching them play over there in the few games where the stream actually worked, um, they have to rebound. They they just absolutely have to be constantly acutely aware of rebounding everybody on the floor because they're very much at risk of a constant strength from the last couple of years, becoming a consistent concern this year. You can't, it's just human nature the last couple of years to just kind of assume, Hey, we got the best rebounder in the country. He's going to you know punch this guy in the face and get that ball. And uh, they don't have that anymore. They can't, they can't fall back on that anymore. So everybody on the, everybody on the floor has to, has to rebound. They they have to they have to get the best rebounding season of Isaac Haas's career. They have to get the best rebounding season of Vincent Edwards' career. And speaking of Vincent Edwards, he's been at his best in his career when he's been really offensive rebounding. And I'd anticipate that being something that really is a is a litmus test of his success this year. But it pretty much has to be everybody because they don't have they don't have AJ Hammonds anymore to go up over everybody and get the ball above the rim. They don't have Caleb Swanigan to you know, clear out all that space anymore and just simply will himself to rebounds in a lot of ways. So that's something that's really going to be an, uh, a pretty uh, pressing concern. It cost him the gold medal at the World University Games because Lithuania, I think, got 17 offensive rebounds, and it was just kind of a comedy uh, there in the fourth quarter uh, that Purdue couldn't get the defensive rebounds it needed to have a chance, and that's something that's really going to cost them if, if – they can't get that all squared away when they can't rely on the personnel they had in the last couple of years anymore. Brian, you mentioned that Purdue is going to rely a lot on on its deep senior class this year, and that's obviously good, you know, in the one sense that you've got a lot of experience for this season. But then when those guys leave, you've got a lot to replace. And yeah. so, you know, I'm curious, right. what kind of recruits does Purdue have that, that are freshmen this year? You know, this year's class, and and who uh, among them may play a significant role this year? And then, how do the future classes stack up for Purdue as they look to you know rebuild? Uh, you know, once this class is gone, because they've had you know obviously a pretty good couple of years. Are they in a position to sustain that once these guys leave? Yeah, that's going to be a good question um, because this is kind of a silver bullet, I guess you'd say, sort of season here where you have this really good senior class and so much leaves after this season. Carson Edwards is going to be a star at Purdue. Uh, he will be back for two more years after this one, um, assuming you know uh, something crazy doesn't happen. But they'll have him build around, but their current freshman class is probably going to be one that gets to be brought along pretty slowly this year. Purdue doesn't badly need a lot of those guys to step into big roles right away. The one guy who's going to play a lot from this year, because he has to uh, as much as anything is no Eastern. And he's going to be a really interesting case because he's, he's going to play point guard. He's going to be their number two point guard. Uh, that's not the position everybody recruited him for. I don't know. Uh, it, if you guys are familiar with him, he's a 
six foot seven, 220 pound, um, guard slash swing man, sort of, sort of player. Who's a really good passer who can give Purdue a little bit more of an off the dribble dynamic in the half court, but he's six foot seven, 220 pounds. And I'm not convinced he's not going to leave Purdue as a, as a stretch four or at least that true small forward. So that's going to be your point guard this year. You're going to have six, seven, two twenty, bring the ball up the floor against five, 10, 170 in a lot of cases, guys who can get up, get up underneath him uh, when they put pressure on him. So Purdue's going to need him to be solid, mistake-free, learn quickly this season because Purdue knows as well as anybody uh, how treacherous it can get when you can't handle pressure in the full court that cost them games in years past. Um, so Purdue needs a long-term answer at point guard too, but for the short term, no gel Eastern is going to be their number two point guard and a really important player and a really important role for them. Outside of that, um, they have a forward named Aaron Wheeler, who's been very impressive during the summer, uh, from a physical standpoint, a really talented kid, probably rough around the edges. I'm not sure how much he's going to play right away. I'm not sure how much Purdue needs him to play right away, considering how much Vincent Edwards is going to play. Actually, the guy who who's probably been as impressive as any freshman they've had has been Sasha Stefanovic from up at Crown Point. But they have they have Dakota Mathias and Ryan Klein and Carson Edwards basically playing his same position. So he's he kind of looks like your prime redshirt candidate this year, um, but somebody who will be a pretty important player for them down the line. Somebody who I think is going to be going to be a pretty good player at Purdue. Uh, they have a junior college player, Eden Ewing, um, who was one of the top junior college forwards in the country. Not sure where he quite fits in right now. He was didn't do a whole lot in the World University Games, but he'd only gotten on campus a month earlier. So uh, he's going to have some time to play catch up here um, in the next couple weeks. They have a 7-3 center, uh, Matt Harms, who's a redshirt freshman. He enrolled halfway through last year uh, because of uh, he was old for his grade. Um, I don't know where he kind of fits in right now. Uh, they kind of got their backup center question answered as of right now with, with Shaquille Taylor, but they just keep getting these seven footers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they seem to have this sort of knack for finding guys who are, uh, Ripley's believe it or not big kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Whether that's by design or not, I don't know, or if it's just kind of worked out that way. But he's entirely different from Isaac Haas. He's a completely different body type. He is long and narrow. He is a stick, basically. Whereas Isaac Haas is 7'2", 300, but completely proportional. uh, And sort of made out of stone. But but Harms really moves his feet well. He's really long. Uh, I haven't seen him make a lot of jump shots, but he's, he, he, that's his reputation that he can shoot a little bit from the perimeter. So it'll be interesting to see what becomes of him. He might not be a day one guy. Um, but in terms of those guys, that's, those are going to be guys who probably get, get brought along at a modest pace this year. After that, Purdue's got to get a good 2018 class uh, because this is a really important senior class. They need help replacing right away. They kind of got they kind of got the big man they wanted in Travion Williams uh, out of Detroit, a really offensively skilled guy, kind of in the Swanigan mold. Not that good, but kind of in that mold. Uh, that was a pretty important get for them right away. Then there's it, it's all going to kind of come down to the fall. They're going to have a lot of important important official visits here in the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll kind of see what they come up with. 
Yeah. You know, and, and a couple of names that Purdue had been involved in, you know, in that class of 2018, Robert Fennessy, Demise Anderson, you know, became Indiana commitments. And I'm curious to get your perspective and, and what the perspective has been, you know, of Purdue fans to the coaching change at Indiana, going from Tom Crean to Archie Miller, you know, Indiana's renewed focus. And obviously in, in these cases, you know, success, you know, recruiting the state a little bit better than they had been. Uh, what, what has been that reaction to what's going on in Bloomington uh, among the faithful up in West Lafayette? I think people respect the hire. I mean, I think Archie's Archie's track record kind of speaks for itself. Obviously, he's had a lot of success at Dayton. He was one of the one of the most well regarded coaches out there on the coaching market. I think a lot of us had him pegged for Ohio State. Um, you know, so everybody kind of figured he would he would get his chance in the big 10. I, I, I don't know if a lot of us expected it to be at Indiana, but obviously he will, uh, he will give them some recruiting punch um, as is the case when you're a really good recruiter as he's always been, but also when you're new, you know, yeah. there's always that grace period where there's so much, so much excitement around things that stuff really matters. Um, so I think, I think obviously, you know, uh, people are interested to see how they're going to fare right away because you know if you have some some early success that kind of gets the ball rolling if you don't you know perhaps you sort of hit that stalemate that's hard to get out of but i wouldn't bet against them brian Brian, big 10 at large going into the season jared mentioned and i I agree with him you know i've seen a lot of these preseason projections coming out with minnesota and Northwestern ahead of Purdue and I'm thinking to myself you know what what kind of what's this based on uh you know maybe they have more players back but but you know Purdue won the Big Ten pretty handily last year obviously Swanigan's a lot to replace when you're kind of looking at the hierarchy of the league you know I think most everybody can agree that Michigan State's you know the favorite going in but but where do you where do you see Purdue stacking up I mean do you agree with us that they're probably it's probably fair to put them second going into the season or, or is there a, is there an argument to be made that, that Northwestern and, and Minnesota belong in the discussion as well? I really like Minnesota. I really like Northwestern. I like Minnesota a lot more before they lost Eric Curry. Uh, but I really like those two teams. I think a lot of people do. I'll be interested to see how Minnesota handles the situation where they're supposed to be good. Um, but I think on paper, they've kind of earned that. I think Northwestern's obviously earned that going to the NCAA tournament last year. Obviously, Michigan State is loaded. And, uh, you know, they're always kind of viewed that way anyway, even when they're not loaded. But I think from Purdue's perspective, it's pretty natural for people to kind of look at them on the surface and say, well, they're going to take a big step back because you can't lose a player like Caleb Swanigan and not be perceived to take a big step back and Purdue might take a big step back. I don't know, but I think Purdue seniors are better than people realize. I would put Purdue certainly in that top three, four range in the league. Uh, I don't know if they have the upside they've had the last couple of years with NBA big men. Um, I'm certainly not convinced Purdue doesn't have NBA players right now, but they don't have obvious pros like they did before uh, with AJ Hammonds and with Caleb Swanigan. So I don't know if they quite have the upside this year that they might have the last couple of years, but I, I certainly would expect them to win a lot of games and probably be in that conversation for the Big Ten title uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, for sure. 
Brian, as a final question for you, obviously IU fans and Purdue fans don't agree on a whole lot, uh, but I'm yeah. curious if if you agree with us and, and, and if Purdue fans agree that the IU-Purdue rivalry is one that is special enough that it should be protected and, and played twice every single year and that these seasons where we only get to play once, uh, it's just it's, a, it's an abomination and, and shouldn't happen. Is that, a, is that something that we're all in agreement on? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't. Don't think it's even a. I don't think it's even a conversation, and I, I don't think it'll be a conversation much longer because I think by yeah. the end of the spring that'll that that will be rectified, uh, from what I understand with the Big Ten and what's going on there. But there's absolutely no question. The Big Ten, you know, as fractured as it's gotten with you know, with Iowa finding Rutgers on a Wednesday night to play a nine o'clock game and all all this craziness that's that has gone on in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's about Purdue, Indiana. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, so on and so forth. And for the sake of the league, for the sake of, of all of it, for the sake of fan interest, for the for the sake of every aspect of it, of the league, of how it's perceived, you need these these games that mean so much to people and so many people care about. And uh, I think it's pretty unfortunate when you know, Purdue and Indiana have only played once uh, because it's such a spectacle when the two teams play. It means so much to the state, means so much to the league, basically, that it has to happen twice every year. And I think from here on out, it will. Yep. Well, his name is Brian Newbert. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Newbert to keep tabs on the Boilermakers as we head into this season. Brian, we really appreciate your time and uh, and appreciate the insight on what to expect for Purdue. This no year. problem, guys. Thank you, Brian. Thanks really appreciate me, it. And I, I hope I made sense. You did. It was great. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks. No problem. Thanks, man. Hey, take care. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast on the Brink. We always appreciate you being here. To get more from me and from Alex, visit assemblycall.com and insidethehall.com for complete coverage of Indiana University basketball. If you liked this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or family member who loves IU basketball as much as you do. You can also support the show by leaving a rating and review on iTunes, which helps us get the word out to more IU fans like yourself. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Until then, as always, go Hoosiers. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.